remember how we start on these anymore. Are we doing an intro now? I mean, we can. Or do we just do this and go back and upload it? Well, I know that this is going to be our weird blooper thing <laughs> at the beginning, and so I'm going to stop it right here, and we can just take that. Welcome to episode 76 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. I'm Chris Jensen, a bookseller at the bookshelf, and some other things that you don't need to know right now. And I'm Annie Jones, owner of the bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. Today, we are doing Annie's June reading recap. Hooray! And we're doing this weirdly on time. Weirdly, because today is July 1st. That's right. So this will come out um, next week for everybody to hear what I read in the month of June. It was kind of a meh reading month. Not Yeah, you don't seem super excited about very many of these. I've got a couple that I think people are going to like, and all the disclaimers about reading being personal. There are a few that I think people will like to read. I just found several of them to be just okay right. this month. And you've read so many really good things lately. Exactly. That like coming off of good things like The Mothers or yeah. something else. I think that's what it is, is I came off of a really wonderful reading month in May, and I'm reading a really wonderful book right now. So June was just kind of, these books are fine. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what? That's okay. Sometimes just fine books are okay. That's true. We all need something just fine to let us know how good and how bad other things can be. That's right. <laughs> something to set the bar. So let's get started. Okay. Um, the first one on this list here is The Dollhouse by Fiona Davis. So I love the premise of this book, which is that there is a hotel um, apartment complex in New York where young women came during the 50s and 60s, um, really, I think even 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s, when they wanted to be secretaries in New York. Okay. And so they all lived in these hotels, apartment complexes, and this one is called the Dollhouse. That's kind of the nickname, um, kind of derogatory <laughs> nickname. Mm. Um, I loved the history element. I think um, my readers at the bookshelf who like historical fiction will enjoy this one. There were some elements of Rules of Civility, which is a book I loved um, by Immortals. It came out of few years ago. This is not the caliber of rules of civility, but it's enjoyable. I love the premise, which is this young woman from the Midwest, central, you know, center of America, moves to the big city and tries to make her way um, in New York. And a certain kind of drama ensues. Drama makes it sound lighter than it really is. Um, Some things happen in her life um, that are that are stressful and difficult to read about, actually. And then we kind of hear how her character overcomes those. And there's some flashback moments. Um, so the narration kind of goes back and forth between present day and um, his- historical, more historical times. So there's a narrator who lives in the dollhouse current day. Okay. And then she is doing a story on the women who used to live there. So there's that kind of element, too, where it's kind of going back and forth with the narration. And I liked it. I I thought it was really fine. I And I think there are some readers, particularly book club, um, book clubbers, who might really like this one. It just felt... It just felt okay to me, and okay. and I don't really know I don't really know why that is. I think the writing's fine. Um, this one I think could be a debut novel by Fiona Davis. Um, the plot is there. The characters are there. I think um, the characters are really interesting. Um, I just didn't find myself like dying to read this one late at night. Does it just have like better that. concept than execution? I think 
think so. I, you know, and I, I hesitate to say that because I think, like I said, I think there are some readers who will really grab hold of this. I think we also need to remember historical fiction is not always my favorite thing. Right. Um, but like I said, I loved kind of this back and forth, um, you know, present day to 1940s, 1930s, kind of flashing back to a time when, when women were trying to make it in New York City mm-hmm. and trying something that we all get to do because of how they tried. Like, we get to have careers because they tried to have careers. And so, I don't know. I kind of yeah. like that element. That's weirdly also the setup of the first season of Marvel's Agent Carter. Oh, you know what? <laughs> of living in one of these houses. I have not. I was about to say, I haven't seen that, but I've seen the commercials and the previews. And when I pictured, like, as I'm reading, my mind, mm-hmm. my um, imagination kind of churned up those same types of images. So that's really fun. And I actually think this would translate really well into a film or television scenario, like almost like Mad Men, but, f- yeah. but Mad Women. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so yeah, concept there, execution wasn't my favorite. So, uh, and this is coming out August 23rd. That's right. So this was an, an advanced reader copy. I feel like I've done really well this year of reading galleys. Yeah, man. Um, so I, I feel like I'm on a roll. Killing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love Warrior. Okay, Love Warrior by Glennon Melton Doyle. This was also an advanced reader. It comes out in September. Glennon Melton Doyle, a lot of people will recognize her. She has apparently this huge blog following called Momastery. Um, I read her <laughs> first book called Carry on Warrior, which I loved. Um, just really well, I think really well written essays. Um, she writes a lot about faith. Um, this new book, which comes out in September, is about her marriage. And pretty publicly, her husband had an affair. Mm. And without being tawdry, because this book is not tawdry, it doesn't dig up dirt about her life at all. I love all. that word, sorry. <laughs> uh, she really paints an interesting picture and a complicated picture about what marriage can look mm. like. And, you know, they got married young and kind of resolving all these issues in her life. And, um, and the premise being trying to love herself, I, which sounds so cheesy, but she really writes about it in a beautiful way. This is for fans of Brene Brown, Elizabeth Gilbert, mm-hmm. um, empowerment memoirs, I feel like is a thing. And I am a sucker for them and I'm okay with it. Um, <laughs> I, I read this book while I was in Haiti actually, and because I weirdly packed three books when I went to Haiti and I read one on the flights down there and then a girl borrowed another one. So I was left just with Love Warrior during the week. Well, in Haiti, there is no Netflix and there was no cell phone coverage. So literally (laughs) during my downtime, I just had, um, I had my Bible, but I also had this book. And so I had to read it more slowly than I think I would have Mm, normally. And I'm so just to have something to do. Just to have something to do. Uh, I gotcha. I also played lots of games of solitaire, and I beat myself. Like I won. Like I, <laughs> I, I just can't get over it. I like took pictures of my winning hand. Um, <laughs> anyway, but I took a deck of cards because I am super nerd. Um, but my point being, I could have easily rushed through Love Warrior. It's easy to read, and it's interesting and compelling. But I liked that I purposefully had to read it like one chapter at a time mm-hmm. because I was able to underline and kind of think through it. And actually, I'm just realizing Rebecca has my copy of this book and I'm going to want it back. So um, I really... Note to self. Yeah, I'm going to have to talk to her about this. Um, I really do recommend this one. This is not one of the meh books I read. This is one where if you like Elizabeth Gilbert, if you read Carry On Warrior, I was not familiar with her blog before I read Carry On Warrior. So you don't have to be 
a blog reader of hers. And I always kind of feel kind of ambivalent about bloggers turned published authors. But I feel like she is a really talented writer and has some really powerful things to say about relationship and vulnerability. And even if you're not married, I feel like there's a lot of good relationship, not really advice, but just truth in this book. Um, and it really was challenging to me as a person. So I really enjoyed Love Warrior, and I'd highly recommend it. It comes out in September, and you can pre-order it through the bookshop. September 6th. Yep. We'll have it. Um, it's okay to laugh, which is something that I am just saying as advice, but it's also the title of a book <laughs> by Nora McKerney. McKerney. I think, yes, sure. Permont. Permont. She is also a blogger turned author, which I did not know. Um... So, It's Okay to Laugh, Crying is Cool Too is the full name of the book. It's another memoir. I am, like I said, I'm a sucker for these. Um, Her story is really interesting and really rather sad. So, her husband died of cancer. Mm -hmm. Um, She is my age, maybe a couple years older than me. Um, Her husband died of cancer. Her father died of cancer. And she miscarried all within three months of each other. Um. And it reminded me, now it is not maybe on the same level um, in terms of writing style, but it reminded me a lot of When Breath Becomes Air. Okay. In yeah. that, if you can stomach it, like I, I know that description alone sounds like, why would I want to read this <laughs> book? Um, but I am a firm believer in it's okay to feel things. Yeah. And we need to feel things and we need to be reminded that life is short and we need to be reminded that death is normal and happens and we need to talk about those things. And so any books, any books that kind of get us talking about those things, I am a proponent of, um, what's the great thing about this particular book is she's hilarious. So these are really devastating, um, devastating moments of grief. And she writes so beautifully about grief, but she's also very funny. And it turns out I, so I do not read her blog. I'm not familiar with her, but a couple of years ago when her husband died, his obituary became famous. And uh-huh. I remember reading about it because she wrote his obituary uh-huh. and it was, um, I, I wish I had the copy of the book with me because she she says his name, her husband's name. And then he says, also known as Spider-Man succumbed, to uh, crime-fighting disease. I don't know. It was just so clever. And she wrote it, and then they have a little boy. They had a little boy together. And she says, you know, he is survived by um, his first wife, Gwen Stefani, (laughs) And 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 then his second wife, Nora, and their son, who will go on to avenge his father's death. Like, it just... I mean, and I remember reading that a couple of years ago, so it turns out I was familiar with her story before I picked up this book. Like I said, I know that the premise, especially for people, I mean, right, the new thing is really warning people, like trigger warnings, like if you've miscarried or if you've lost somebody, I don't know if this will be for you. Mm-hmm. Those aren't my stories. So I was able to read this one. Now I read it with tears. Like, I mean, it was sad. And I, these are the kind of books. It's okay where, to laugh. <laughs> yes. Crying is cool too. That's right. Uh, and when I was reading this one, much like when I read When Breath Becomes Air, I think books like this are important because like yeah. I would read them at night and then I would look at Jordan and I would just be like, gosh, I'm so great. Like, it just mm-hmm. makes you grateful. And it, and it makes you think about things that are, I think our brains naturally kind of try to keep us from thinking right. about them. Um, I remember in one of my great books classes, one of the class subjects just happened to go toward death. I don't even remember what book we were talking <laughs> about. And there was one particular guy in class who just, I great books, I don't think was for him. And he 
just said, why do we even have to think about this stuff? Why do we have to think about death? And my great books professor was like, well, because it happens to everyone. <laughs> and, and this is something we need to be talking about. And so I'm grateful for people like Nora who have the guts and the gumption and the humor to write about really some horrific things, yeah. um, but also to tell us it's okay to laugh and it's okay to cry. So if you can read this one, this is another one on Caliber with Love Warrior that I really liked. And if you can read it, you should. Excellent. Okay, and that one's already out? That's already out. It came out in May, so congratulations! Hooray! <laughs> you can read that one now. If you want. If you want. Um, next one up is Light of Paris by Eleanor Brown. So Eleanor Brown wrote The Weird Sisters, which came out a few years ago. Oh, yeah. Okay. I remember that. I remember it, too. Did you read it? I did not read it. I did not read it, either. But it, it had a very the, distinct the cover. cover. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was everywhere for mm -hmm. a while. Um, super popular. Just one of those books that I think hit me at an in-between time. Like, I think I was in, co I don't know, in college and not really reading for fun. Um so this is her second novel. This is the book that I took to Haiti and a girl I was traveling with loves Paris. And so she borrowed this one from me and she read it the week we were in Haiti and then I read it on the flight home. And um, both the girl who also read it and I, both she and I just kind of liked it. Like, mm. um, so much like The Dollhouse, which is maybe why I feel um, just okay or just so-so about both of the books is they just felt so similar to one another. Okay. So Light of Paris is um, tells a story of, of two generations, I think, of, um, of women and one of whom is going, she's modern day, present day, and she lives in New York, but she's moved back down south um, temporarily. Her husband, uh, her her marriage is kind of a mess. She's moved back home to take care of her mom in the South, I believe in one of the Carolinas. And I liked that storyline because I liked hearing about life in the South a little bit. And this town sounded a lot like Thomasville. Um, and she wrote really beautifully about a restaurant that was next door to her mother's house. And actually, of all the things in the book that stuck out to me, it's how she wrote about food that huh. stuck out to me the most. And I would actually have loved to have read more about that story. Um, but she flashes back because she's reading her grandmother's diary okay. and her grandmother lived in Paris for a couple of years. And so we get the story of this woman living in Paris and the story of this woman living in the American South and kind of how they're overcoming societal norms. Uh, because this girl grew up, um, the modern day woman grew up in, you know, high society. And so you're not supposed to get divorced. You're not <laughs> supposed to let your parents down. Even when she comes back home, there's a certain society she wants her mother wants her to be a part of, like, the country club society. And she's kind of fighting against that. But I I found the character to... Which I don't have to have likable characters. I think we've had this conversation yeah. on the podcast before. But this particular character, she was just um, in her late 30s, early 40s. And I guess as somebody who's 30, by my late 30s, early 40s, I know I won't have it all figured out. But I hope I'll be comfortable with myself. And this character was not comfortable with herself. And it just felt like by 40, you should, <laughs> like, I want you to be so that I can root for you and cheer you on, uh, cheer right. you on. Yeah. And I don't know. So th that was hard for me because I did not find her particularly likable. Um, I, I wanted her, uh, Nora Ephron has this quote about being the hero of your story, not the victim. And I guess that's what just, I kept thinking, please be the hero of your story. Um, the plot in Paris was really 
interesting though and very reminiscent of the dollhouse only in Paris instead of in New York City mm-hmm. um, so the grandmother's story was also interesting the narration was super weird and I, I I would be curious to know what somebody like you would think I think I showed it to Hunter um, because it went from chapter to chapter so one chapter would be modern day the other chapter would be her grandmother's diary mm-hmm. but the grandmother's diary was of course in first person, first person yeah. but before she moved into first person she would she would write um, in third person from the granddaughter's perspective and so she would move from talking about the grandmother in third person to the grandmother narrating in first person. And it never felt like a smooth transition to me. Yeah. Whereas I thought if there's a chapter break, you can just write in first person. You don't need... I w- almost wonder, and this is probably not true, but I wonder if she were trying to write a whole novel of the grandmother's story mm-hmm. and that she couldn't flesh it out enough. And had to and add. And had to write a frame story. That might that might have been it. Because... and. Oh, I'm not sure if this was this book or not. Mm-hmm. Another book. It's because I think I talked to you about another issue that another book might have had. Anyway, this book is fine. And I think especially if you... I know one of our customers and listeners of the podcast, Suzanne, loves to read books about the places she's about to visit. Oh, yeah. So if you are going to Paris, I think this would be a really fun, like, plane book. Mm-hmm. Like, take it on the plane. Because I enjoyed it on the plane. I thought it was interesting. Um... But I think it'd be more meaningful if, like, you're going to Paris or you've just been to Paris. It might be fun to kind of time travel with this book. Yeah. Um, It's got a little bit of a Julie and Julia thing going. Yeah, or Midnight in Paris. Like, something kind of fun like that. Um, And there's, you know, there's some fun little love stories in there that are kind of cute. So this one is not terrible by any means. It just wasn't as wonderful, I think, as it could maybe have been. And like I said, the, the parts about food, weirdly, that's what I could recall to you right now is how she wrote about macaroni and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's just because I'm hungry. Well, <laughs> um, that's possible. But man, like writing about food and writing a book about Paris seemed to go pretty hand yeah, in hand. Yeah. You know what? And this one um, just came out. I think it came out. Uh, no, it comes out July 12th. So when you're hearing this, I think there will be another week until publication. So if you read this one, this is one I'd really like somebody else's opinion on. Yeah. Sometimes when you read these galleys and advanced reader copies, you're reading them in a vacuum and you don't know. You have no what idea is, what other people think. <laughs> what does think? anybody else think right. about this? Um, and luckily, this other girl in Haiti, she did read it. And she, she said it was good. Um, but I think both of us felt like not super... Um, literary, just just fine. Right. Um, which, again... Not one you're going to tell all your friends about. No. No. Not really. But not one you're going to hate reading. That's right. And one, I think it's entirely okay to have books that we call plain books. Yep. And I think this is a plain book. I... Yes. I agree. Um, so that one's coming out very soon. Yeah. Next one on your list is called All Stories Are Love Stories. By Elizabeth Purser, who yep. I found out after I read the author's note or the author's bio, she's a poet. And to me, if you go into this book knowing she's a poet, that actually explains a lot. Um, We read this book in my book club, and full disclosure, um, I was the book club host. And so we in our book club vote, so all the votes led to this book, but this was also one of my choices. Um, I had not read it, and in fact, my book club is on a Monday night, and I started reading it Friday. Did not really care for it, and thought, oh no, I've got to read this book before Monday. Mm -hmm. And Sunday, the Orlando shootings happened. Right. And then I read this book. And this book is about an earthquake that devastates San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And the love stories that take place in this book, I think because of when I read this book, I wound up really enjoying it. 
many book club, many members of my book club just thought this book was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of people really didn't like it at all. I do not think this is the perfect book, but this is a case of right book, right time. That And that's totally a thing. And, and for me, the love stories and love stories in the face of tragedy mm-hmm. and trying to find your significant other. It just was very touching. Love Among the Ruins. Yeah, it was a very touching book. Also, I have been to San Francisco, and so I could mentally picture you these places. You could see things. That helps. And a lot of, going back to reading books, you know, about the places you're going, a lot of these girls haven't been to San Francisco, and so they said that that was kind of a turnoff. Um, mm-hmm. I've heard the author say that this book was her love story to San Francisco. Sure. And I think that makes total sense. Um I will say that while most of my book club members hated it, I recommended it on my Instagram for if you wanted a book post-Orlando. If you were looking for something to read, I thought this might suffice. And a girl wrote me back and said that she really did love it. And so... That's great. So I think it's about when you read this one. She is a poetic author. There's some stories I really wanted more. I really wanted more detail. Um... The cover blurbs all describe, I think a couple of them describe this one, or it was marketed as a Station Eleven. No. Um, <laughs> that is not what this is, so wipe that from your mind. Um, and instead, just go into this one as, okay, this is a poet writing, so it's going to be super lyrical, and you may not get the details fleshed out like you want. Um, but there are some really beautiful stories, especially if you need something in light of um, recent tragic events. So, anyway, all stories are love stories. Great title. It also. is a great title. <laughs> also. I, yeah, I like that. And I think, in a manner of speaking, that can be true. Yeah, different types of love. Right. For sure. Exactly. All right, so a very different title, but also, I think, great. How to Ruin Everything. This book is fantastic. Um, <laughs> George I, Watsky. George Watsky. I've never heard of him, but apparently he's some spoken word artist, musician, YouTuber. Um, I completely read this one based on book cover and Lin-Manuel Miranda's recommendation. Lin-Manuel Miranda. Um, because I love him. I follow him on Twitter and he's, it's everything I need. He is a delight. He Isn't is a, he? a national treasure. He is a national treasure. And you know what? We need some of those right now. Amen. So, so he is, he is a delight. And I completely read this one because his blurb is on the cover. And then I made you read the first essay. Yes. And I read the first essay. It's called Tusk. It's about... An old woman who loves narwhals and earlier in her life acquired a narwhal tusk legally in Canada, but was unable to bring it into the United States because that's technically trafficking ivory. So the (laughs) author and his friend, who is this woman's grandson, decide that they're going to go to Canada to reclaim this tusk and smuggle it across the border. For her hundredth birthday. For her hundredth birthday. There are so many awesome things about that that I can't. It's just like, if it were fiction, I would think it's incredible. Yeah. But it's nonfiction, so it's somehow even better. Yeah. Um, And the things that happen to these people on their way to smuggle ivory, it, it was so funny. So smart, so, so well smart. written. I I would like to read the whole book, and I probably will by year's end. So, Tusk to me. Now, I mean, I think actually there's some other wonderful essays in that book, but that was the one that I read. It. I was reading at the store one day, and I was like, "Where's Chris? <laughs> he needs to read this." And you make an interesting point, which is I felt like I was reading a really impeccably done short story. Really good short story. That's how it feels. And then when you realize, oh no, no, these are essays. I'll tell you what, it made me also kind of reevaluate. There's this whole 
I feel like in evangelical culture in particular, but everywhere I feel like there's this call to live a better story. I feel like hmm. people okay. are kind of telling us to do that, which, by the way, I think is really accurate and oh, yeah. probably good advice. Um, but reading that made me think, man, I got to do some more interesting things. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I got to stop watching Netflix. Like last time, <laughs> last time I saw David Sedaris, his whole thing was like, I have interesting stories because I say yes to things. Yes. People ask me to do stuff and I say, okay, and I do it. And, you know what, though? But you and I are not the kind of people <laughs> who do that. Well, and, and when I do, you know what happens? I just wind up going on WTXL and making cards for three minutes. Right. Which is not the same as smuggling a tusk across the border. No. And I do have plenty of stories of weird things that have happened to me. But those are more because I'm just a magnet for weird things than because I said yes Then you're to an active participant. Right. Well, so anyway, so reading that one story alone made me think, okay, I gotta, you know, I gotta mix it up a little, but, but also a reminder to write our own stories down because these are his stories that happened in his life. There's one, God, there's another really good one that you should read about him and his dad and the relationship that he has with his dad and how he winds up falling in love with the game of baseball just because his dad likes it. And, And that's just what they connect on. And I don't know. I have no idea who this guy is, but I Googled him because now I have a married lady crush on him. (laughs) And, like, I think he's adorable and wonderful. And I just really loved this book. I'm looking him up right now. He's super cute. (laughs) Um, But Let's see. I'm going to confirm this. Okay. What if he's not? Keep going. Okay. How to Ruin Everything by George Watsky. It's short also. So. Oh, he's very cute. Right? Yeah. Okay. Um... So if you are looking for, like, a quick read, these are essays. So you can read one, put it down, um, but you will probably wind up like me and reading through the whole thing because it's just really enjoyable. Um, but Tusk, let, let me say this. If you can't read the whole collection, At least read just Tusk. read Tusk. It is so, oh, it was it's so excellent. good. It's really good. And only about 25 pages, 25 pages long, like, yeah. very readable. Yeah. So anyway, that, that was another book I really, really enjoyed this one. So maybe it wasn't so meh. All month long. Maybe that was Maybe not. It sounds like you've had some pretty good ones. Yeah, you're right. Just not... Maybe not good fiction. Maybe not good fiction. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, because all these that you've liked have been nonfiction. Interesting. So let's move back into fiction. Okay. Before we visit the goddess. Is that fiction? That is fiction. Okay, great. By... Um, I'm going to do this. Teacher of Energy, Diva Karuni. <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes. Um, but I think you did beautifully. I... I think I did too. I think that was accurate. You should feel good about that. I do. Um, so obviously the author is Indian American. I read this one. Which is not to say American Indian, obviously. Oh, correct. <laughs> Very different. Very different. Um, I read this one for a couple of reasons. Um, there's a big movement to read more diversely, and I'm trying my best to do that, and I'm not great at it. Um, so this one came across my desk um, on recommendation from... Now I'm trying to remember. Oh, Modern Mrs. Darcy, who puts out a summer reading guide every, mm-hmm. every year. And bloggers, Instagrammers, they love her summer reading guide. Librarians love it. Um, I thought it was good this year, but I had already read a lot of the things. So, like, I don't know. Um, but this one was one I had not read, and she raved about it. This is another generational story, so of three... Um, Indian women, um, two of whom I believe live in India, one of whom um, immigrate. Oh, that 
immigrants, right? Right? Immigrate? Emigrate. Thank you. With an E. That's right. Oh, that's what mentally I was like, uh-oh. Um, anyway, <laughs> she immigrates to America, to Texas, I believe. Um, so really interesting generational stories. I'll tell you why I only felt okay about this one. I read 40 Rooms at the beginning of this year, mm -hmm. and it kind of talks about Russian immigration. There's a fantasy element uh, or, a, or a magical magical realism element. Um, lots of truths and interesting conversations about feminism. That's what this was, but I felt like I'd already read it. Oh. Um, so if you have not read 40 Rooms, then maybe this one might appeal to you because you do learn a lot of things about Indian culture, so I think that's important um, and, was, and was one of the reasons I wanted to read it. Um, but I don't know if it's because I had read a lot of generational stories or it felt like I had. Yeah, um, just three this month. Yeah. So three it, just this month. Yeah, so it felt a little... Because it was going back and forth. It's a thin, it's short. Yeah, it's not very long. Short book. Um, and here's the other thing. I actually think there are certain customers that would love this book. So I thought it was just okay, but I put it on my staff favorite shelf because I know there are women in Thomasville who would really like this one. Um, I think for me, I had just read so many generational stories this month. That a little it, bit of burnout. It just was burnout, I think. Um, but, but it was compelling. I mean, I wanted to find out what happened and I... It opens with the um, it's a it's, it's Gilmore Girls but <laughs> Indian style <laughs> because it's um, it's a grandmother a mother and a granddaughter and so you get this grandmother trying to keep her granddaughter in school and trying to write her in, because in Indian culture it's so important for a woman to get to go to school right. that was for right. her generation that was miraculous and so trying to write her granddaughter and tell her granddaughter please stay in college please don't drop out and um, the story kind of evolves from there and you get a lot of flashbacks going back and forth among these th three stories. Um, great concept. I think pretty good execution, just not entirely for me. Mm -hmm. um, keeping in mind that modern Mrs. Darcy, um, Anne Bogle, this, this famous book blogger, raved about this book. I think actually book clubs there are some women in Thomasville who I want to put this in the hands in their hands it just was not my favorite right and if you had read it in a different context different time yeah, it might have been I think it might have been um, but it's, it's good you recommend it it sure. was just not your favorite not for me yeah. yeah which I think is okay that's totally fair that happens your last one here on this list mm -hmm. is called Leave Me so Leave Me is an advanced reader was an advanced reader copy. Um, Gail Foreman, who a lot of people will recognize from some famous YA literature, um, If I Stay. Oh um, yeah, okay. Is it Before I Go? Anyway, I know If I Stay is one of them. All very similar titles. They are. Um, and I have not read those. So I was able to read this, her first adult novel, without any pretense. I you know, I think I saw the movie If I Stay, but I did not read the book. Right. Um, was that with Chloe Grace Moritz? Yep. Yep, okay, I remember the poster. Um, so, Leave Me, <laughs> I will be honest with you, at first, I thought it was going to be, like, a book. So, the woman is stereotypical, like, mom trying to do everything, mm -hmm. like, trying to do it all. Um, like, you can just imagine Sarah Jessica Parker playing this woman in a movie. <laughs> um, and I thought, oh, geez, like, not again. Like, this woman who can't figure her life out. Or, you know, it's just, too, she's so stressed. Well, in the opening pages, she has a heart attack. No spoilers. And I felt like I might be reading, like, some material from the American Heart Association. Because it just <laughs> felt like this is, like, here are the symptoms from a woman having a heart attack. It's like a, a PSA. Attack. Yes. That's what it felt like at first. Um, 
Full disclosure. So this is the beginning of Kitchen's Great Midwest. Yeah. Dad, single dad trying to do everything. Yes. So this woman is trying to do everything and she has a heart attack. But it takes about three chapters for her to actually have the heart attack, which is why it felt like a PSA. Because all of a sudden I thought, oh no, <laughs> I too have chest pain. Like, which I don't. Nobody panic. Um, but, but it felt like, oh, this is, it felt like a commercial for what happens to women when they have a heart attack. It gotcha. feels differently from a man having a heart attack. Do they give, like, the stats there that heart disease is actually the number one killer of women in the United I States? I totally think that's what they're trying to do. Like, I think oh. the doctor even says that. Okay. Okay, because that's true. It is true. However, I will go ahead and say that I submitted this book as an Indie Next List um, recommendation because for all of my little qualms with maybe the opening passages, with the stereotypes, I stayed up till 2 a.m. reading this book. Well, that, <laughs> so, that says a so lot. So I feel like... If you are look, if you're a fan of Leanne Moriarty, if you are looking for an easy to read kind of, uh, kind of interesting, mm, female centric story, then this is going to be for you. Um, she has this heart attack and then she runs away from her family. Um, she 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 recovers from her heart attack. She goes home and then she realizes she's just as stressed as she was before. So she just runs away, <laughs> which is abandonment and super weird. Um, but it's written about in a funny way. Um, like I said, fans of Leanne Moriarty, I think are going to like this one. And I can already see, like, I've got a mom friend of mine out in Colorado who I will mail this to when I'm done. Like, it for women who are stressed or, you know, who have a lot going on in their life, it's interesting. It's funny. Um, you know, I'm not going to put it like in a Pulitzer Prize winning Right, level, but it's a but, page turner. But it's a page turner. All right. And those are the books I read in June. Okay. So you can find full episodes of From the Front Porch on iTunes or on our store website at www.bookshelfthomasville.com. And we'd like to close the program today with a review from our iTunes store. And this review was written by Anne P.M., And it says, I'm devouring these episodes and wondering why I haven't listened before. If you live in or near Thomasville, Georgia, you'll find the podcast especially relevant. But even if you don't, it's an uplifting, edifying, and informative listen. That's so nice. It's such a, like, nice review that I can't even believe it. Thank you, Anne. These are the kinds of things that we want to do. This is why we do this. Um, So thank you. We really appreciate it. We do. You can check us out on social media, at BookshelfTville, where we post funny, relevant, and cute things on Twitter and Instagram all the time, and you should check us out. Please do, and thanks as always for listening. We will see you next week.